0: going on today for the heart and soul of America and the right side must win it's time for America can we talk with Debbie George Addis on America can we talk we talk truth about America and why it matters to you America can we talk starts now
1: okay we have a few little equipment adjustments in the studio some new um, Things, so we'll see how we do. But first, welcome to America. Can we talk? I'm so very glad you've tuned in. I want to talk tonight. I hardly ever do this, but I want to talk about in my first five tonight, what is happening in Washington. And I say I hardly ever do this. I want to talk about the same story that I led off with last week. And this has to do with, with the latest developments in the uh, nomination of just Judge Kavanaugh to become Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh and what the uh, Democrats have pulled and and where we stand I must tell you folks this is an actual serious threat not just to our constitutional form of government but really to whether whether the Republicans have the actual ability to hold on to power do Republicans have the ability to use the power they have let me start with where we got uh this past week just judge kavanaugh who's this boy scout of a of a candidate um has been accused by a woman uh, who's now in her adult life a doctor a psychologist or something but she's been accused by a um she has accused him of an alleged sexual harassment um incident From high school, from when she was 15 and he was 17, 37 years old, not something she raised at the time, something she raised 30 plus years later for the very first time. And the reason this is so just, you can hardly overstate its importance to America's justice system is that she has, she's part of the Me Too mindset she has a lawyer who is part of the Trump resistance, openly acknowledging she's part of the Trump resistance. The, the Democrats held on to her accusation that they had received in a letter from her, held on to her accusation since July, brought it up at the tail end. The nomination committee, the markup process is going on and began making demands. And this is a very tender and tough thing for the Senate GOP, for the GOP and the, the um Judiciary Committee to deal with because I actually agree with the general concept that you have to when a woman complains uh, of a sexual assault, there has been a history in some cases and maybe many cases where she's not believed where she waits a long time. And so her credibility is challenged where it's embarrassing to make the allegation and then to be investigated and have to repeat the allegations and talk about it in front of their accusers. I understand all of that. It is, it is a true statement. The one mistake I think Trump made, I don't think he ought to be tweeting about why didn't she speak up at the time. Having said that, the real crisis is you have members of the United States Senate, allegedly the elite of the elite in our country, coming forward and saying, essentially, they believe the accuser. They believe Christine Ford. They have never met her. They haven't until we don't even know if the whole committee has the letter yet that Christine Ford sent to Senator Feinstein. She claims she gave a copy of it to Grassley. Feinstein says she gave it to Grassley, but the public doesn't have it. The committee doesn't have it. This is essentially what the Democrats are arguing for is a brand new standard of evidence in this country, which is because she said so. That's what they're arguing. Because she said it, it must be believed. No one is allowed to question it. In fact, I was going to read to you some of the unbelievably prominent, prominent Democrats who've already come out on record saying they believe her. Never heard her testimony. Never heard Kavanaugh's response. They heard a woman describe something that happened 37 years ago now, 35 years ago, 36 years ago. And because she said so, and because they don't want him on the Supreme Court, they don't want Kavanaugh on the Supreme Court, they're coming out and saying, we believe her, never having heard her story. No, and In fact, the other, incidents, other things that happened this weekend, four of the five people, herself being the fifth, four of the five people, Dr. Ford claims were at this party in Maryland back when she was 15 years old, all have said, uh-uh, never saw a thing. Don't even remember being at a party where Kavanaugh was there. Didn't see anything. Can't. Did not see a thing. This is the witnesses she's identified are saying, no way, didn't happen. On top of that, let me just share with you, because I think this is shocking as a new standard. As I say, what the Democrats are trying to say is set a standard. They would never agree themselves. They would never agree if it were a Democrat nominated to a court or any other position but because it's a conservative republican because it will give president trump and not A second nominee to the Supreme Court, because it will solidify a relatively conservative majority in the court, the Democrats will do anything, including stand up for someone they have absolutely no idea if she's telling the truth or not. Kirsten Gillibrand, Democrat of New York. You know, she's a leftist, but still, I believe her story because she's telling the truth. And um, you, you know it by her story. Oh, there is proof. I, I read her story, so I know it's true. Judge Kavanaugh, uh, she, she goes on, Duckworth, Senator Duckworth from Illinois. Well, I've heard, you know, many, many predators say and, and refute allegations against them. Well, the, you know, folks, we guys have off. To, our timing is off. I can't read the clock here tonight. Be back in, t- in 10 seconds. Debbie George asked, America, can we talk? Come right back.
2: America faces unprecedented threats to our national security. The Center for Security Policy, based in Washington, D.C., is a national leader focused on the organization, management, and direction of public policy coalitions to promote U.S. national security. The Center is a special forces in the war of ideas dedicated to identifying opportunities and challenges likely to affect American security and acting promptly to ensure that they are the subject of focused national examination and effective action. The Center enlists support from executives do you dream of a better world one where poverty and hunger are a thing of the past what if you could make a real difference in the lives of those most in need the solution to poverty is not handouts but hope the freedom and opportunity to use one's talents and resources for good at five talents we empower the poor to start their own small businesses five talents works in some of the most difficult places in the world With $85, you can help a new entrepreneur escape from poverty and build a sustainable business that helps her whole family. Can you think of anywhere else your gift can work that effectively? When you walk with 5 Talents, you bring opportunity to those most in need. Join us in demonstrating the greatness of American generosity. Visit 5talents.org today to learn about the impact you can make. That's 5talents.org, F-I-V-E, talents.org.
3: and helping them through their short-term struggles. Make a difference today and help serve America's military families. Visit OperationHomeFront.org. That's OperationHomeFront.org.
0: The only thing standing between them and open borders is an informed public. Get informed and stay informed by visiting CIS.org. That's CIS.org.
4: Can you hear us now? Can you hear us And
1: welcome back to America Can We Talk. This is Debbie Georgianis, and we're just having a new adventure tonight with some new equipment. We'll see how we do on the timing, but welcome to America. Can we talk? I want to underscore again, how important this is for America. First, just with respect to this nomination to the Supreme court of justice Kavanaugh right now, the court is under, you know, it's, it's not, it's optimal number of nine It's number of nine. It's got eight uh, members sitting in the court. We need a ninth one. And the reason to always have an odd number is so that they can reach decisions and not have ties so many decisions of extreme consequence, many decisions are decided on 5-4 basis. And this is, shouldn't be, but it is. So it's 5-4 basis. So without uh, Justice Kavanaugh or without the most recent nominee by President Trump, you'll be 4-4. Four, four. If the Democrats succeed in this stunt, and I'm not saying Ford is pulling a stunt, although I personally think she is, but this stunt the Democrats are pulling— it's not just that President Trump will be deprived of his constitutional right to appoint a justice to the Supreme Court, and it's not just that Just Judge Kavanaugh will have his life and reputation destroyed in a, in a smearing in the media before any a, a word of testimony by this woman. The consequence to America includes. All of these people with cases pending coming up before the United States Supreme Court who've been in litigation for years, battling over hugely important consequential issues, religious freedom issues, freedom of speech issues, radically important issues, run a much increased risk of getting to that court and getting a 4-4 decision because they don't have the requisite nine members. All of those people for the rest of their lives, deprived of the actual justice they were entitled to have before that court. So it's not just the, uh, you know, not letting Trump have his nominee. This is truly sabotaging the Supreme Court this this session, which opens the first Monday of October. is sabotaging the Supreme Court, sabotaging all of the parties with cases pending and heading up to the court. Hugely consequential religious freedom cases, all sorts of important cases. People spent millions on lawyers for decades waiting for their day at the Supreme Court. And what the Democrats think they're going to pull in this Senate... Is a complete torpedoing of justice of Judge Kavanaugh becoming Justice Kavanaugh on the Supreme Court of President Trump's nomination to the Supreme Court, and there isn't time to get another one done. The Democrats know this, so I was beginning to read you just a few quotes, folks. These are consequential Democrats, members of the United States Senate. Essentially announcing publicly. They're not even privately thinking, well, I kind of think probably he's guilty, probably she's telling the truth. They're unabashedly, unashamedly announcing publicly, putting statements out that that they're 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 gonna believe this accuser because she said so. And again, you have to know in law and in processes like this, you cannot have an ad hoc set of rules you can't have standards that apply sometimes but not to others standards that apply to republicans but not democrats but this is exactly what the democrats are asking you for and asking america to do they're asking america to agree that because one person made a not only unproven but unprovable allegation in fact every person she's identified who she, and said they were there have all said no we weren't Nothing like that happened. Never saw that. Never even saw Kavanaugh at a party. This is the answer of the people that she's identified as witnesses. And I'm going to read you a few more statements by Democrats before I tell you what will happen to the Republicans if they cannot stand up to this stunt, this astonishingly unethical stunt by the Democrats. Okay, I'm going to go on with Bernie Sanders. Well, OK, former former spokesman for Bernie Sanders says she doesn't even need to wait for the information. For me, there's no debate. I believe Professor Ford, Judge Kavanaugh has lied multiple times under oath, which, by the way, he has not. I mean, that's just the typical stuff that Democrats say. But there are and one. I mean, I'd never heard this lady before, but this a a, a senator from the state of Hawaii, a woman named Maisie Hirano. Not only said, I believe Ford, as I refer to her, because she makes a very credible case. It's really difficult for someone to come forward in this way. Why would she destroy her life? Allow me to answer that question. This, this Senator Ford is the one who, Senator Horano uh, is, is the one who went on to say, men need to shut up. That would be her standard, I guess, going forward for uh, nomination hearings as men have to shut up. And they also have to step up. She also said men better shut up and step up and just do what she says. She is calling on her fellow senators to, uh, first of all, they didn't have to give this doctor any testimony time. They could have said, hearing's over. You've had approximately 35 years to raise this. We're not doing it. The Republicans wisely offered her a hearing. They're letting her come and testify. Her response was to try to dictate who could ask questions, to try to violate the Sixth Amendment to the United States Constitution by saying— that Kavanaugh had to testify first, and then she would. She's the accuser. I mean, in what other court of, of any kind would you say the accused has to testify before the accuser has had, even had to present their case? Folks, this lady, whether anything happened at that party 37 years ago, I have no idea, but her conduct is one of a manipulative, Democrat, anti-Trump, resistance, operator the conduct of the democrats in the senate is truly deplorable and if we cannot if the republicans cannot get this right if they cannot find the backbone let her testify within the deadline time so they have the time to do the vote and put that guy in the court before the new session starts if they don't do that if you think the republicans were worried about losing the senate before this I mean, what Republican voters might do watching these jelly spined Republican senators sitting up there, not afraid of being attacked by the Me Too mafia, so going along saying, well, you know, it could be true. If the Democrats, and, and then not confirming her, I'm telling you, people will stay home. People will stay home in this election. They are not going to humor being completely eviscerated by someone who never came forward for 35 years. You have a candidate who's been a Boy Scout. I mean, he's been—and you've seen, I'm sure, the, it's now in the hundreds of women coming forward who have interned with him, known him since high school, known him from college, known him from law school, friends in Washington. Women literally in the hundreds now coming forward and saying— this is this could never have happened. I've never heard anything like this. This is not a case where there's multiple allegations. It wouldn't be like let me get as as a comparison. If this were Bill Clinton, everyone would say, "Well, okay, but he always does this. He's done this since you know he was in college." He's had literally Bill Clinton's had over two dozen credible accusations of sexual harassment against him. If it were Bill Clinton, maybe you would say, "Well, I can. I'm kind of tend to believe the the lady." This is a guy who's a Boy Scout, you know, happily married, has kids, volunteers at his church, no, no bad conduct of any kind. Yet you have Democrats coming forward and saying, "I believe the accuser," for no reason other than. They don't want this conservative nominee to sit on the United States Supreme Court. That's their problem. With the Democrats, more than anything else, they want to prevent another conservative from serving on the United States Supreme Court. That's the whole deal. They lucked out because they got some accusation showing up that gives them a credible basis to say, well, you know, I was trying to listen to Kavanaugh and I was open to him. OK, many of these Democrats opposing him now opposed him before he was even announced, opposed, said whoever Trump nominates were saying no. They, they also, many of them opposed him from the moment his name was announced. The vote of the Democrats against Kavanaugh, if they do vote against him, they will, is, has nothing to do with actually believing this accuser. It has to do with being given a legitimate excuse and an excuse they will try to pummel the Republicans with in the fall elections. Look what the Republicans did. They went ahead and voted something in with a cloud over, over his head. And let me tell you something else. If we let the Democrats get away with this, if the GOP says, well, now that there's been an allegation, guess we all better step back and step down and ask Kavanaugh to withdraw his nomination. If we dare to be so jelly spined as that, we will never have another conservative nominee to the United States Supreme Court by any president. The Democrats will learn the lesson they've been learning for decades, but this is a lesson in spades. They're learning the lesson they don't have to let a conservative nominee on the court. The moment they find someone who makes some allegation, they will be ready to jump. Okay, folks, we got to zip off to a break here in just a moment, or just about half a minute, but I want to tell you that coming up next and changing the subject entirely, we have my good friend Wade Miller joining us. He is the political director for the Senator Ted Cruz campaign, the campaign for him a right, re election to the Senate. And we're going to have a great time going through clips from the debate. If you missed it, I'm sorry for for you, but the Cruz-O'Rourke debate from this past Friday, I think it was, stellar debate. Wade Miller is a stellar analyst. Debbie Jargettis, America Can We Talk. If you're listening on Facebook Live, come back in four minutes. Come right back.
5: The Army Scholarship Foundation offers one way to help military families by providing academic scholarships to children and spouses of soldiers. And you can help. Visit armyscholarshipfoundation.org and consider making a tax-deductible donation to help a military family member pursue his or her educational dreams. Assisting military family members with their college education is a great way for all of us at home to say thank you to our military families for your service and sacrifice. Visit ArmyscholarshipFoundation.org and get involved today.
6: The right to freedom of speech, to be who you are and to speak your mind is a foundational American value enshrined in the First Amendment to our Constitution. And nowhere is that value more important than on America's college campuses. But too often on our campuses, unpopular political opinions or religious beliefs are met with censorship or even violence instead of honest dialogue and discussion. And Texas colleges are no exception. Schools like the University of Texas at Austin, Sam Houston State University, and the University of North Texas all place burdensome restrictions on free speech. That's why the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education, FIRE, fights back against the censors to defend liberty. On America's college campuses. Does your college or alma mater uphold our most cherished American value of freedom of speech? Find out by visiting thefire.org and consider lending
7: FIRE your support. Have you heard of the Policy Circle? It's a national network of women who come together in neighborhood conversations to discuss the public policies impacting their communities. You can think of it as a book club, but instead of reviewing a book, members discuss public policy issues. Policy Circle members have access to membership-only resources and benefits that complement a thoughtful framework for women to come together and have fact-based discussions. From Healthcare to Poverty, From free enterprise to education, from fiscal responsibility to the First Amendment, we discuss the issues that shape America. Change starts with a conversation. Conversations happen when women across the nation are connected and engaged in their communities, openly sharing their views and taking a leadership role in policy dialogue on what human creativity can accomplish in a free economy. Are you ready to join a growing network of engaged women? To join or start your own policy circle, visit thepolicycircle.org today. That's thepolicycircle.org.
8: The federal government spends $900 billion annually on anti-poverty programs. What has it produced? 75% of black children are born into fatherless homes. 43% of the prison population is black. The black poverty rate has remained at twice the national average. And cities like Oakland, Baltimore, St. Louis, and Detroit are in ruins. Instead of helping, bad policies and billions of dollars have spread a sickness in the black community. It's time for a cure. The Center for Urban Renewal and Education, CURE, led by President Star Parker, is addressing our nation's most critical problems in our nation's most distressed zip codes. Cure's mission is to fight poverty and restore dignity through faith, freedom, and personal responsibility. To find out more, to read about how Cure works, and how you can help, please visit UrbanCure.org and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Together, you and I can cure America.
1: And welcome back to America, Can We Talk? Wade Miller's in studio with me. Hello, sir. Hello. <laughs> nice to be back. Wade used to be on the show. If you recognize that voice, he used to be on the show as our, one of our roundtable people. Uh, just stellar. And while you're um, – tell him a little bit about your background. I know and uh, first about Heritage and then what you do now, and then we'll hear some clips from the debate.
6: Uh, so, so the Marine Corps and then uh, Heritage Foundation, Heritage Action, and now I'm the political director for Senator Ted Cruz' re-election campaign. And uh, that, that involves uh, helping to kind of run the day-to-day operations of the ground game, door-knocking, phone banks, setting up events, traveling with the senator, uh, making sure that the events go smoothly, uh, working with activists all over the state. It's It's been a great experience.
1: Well, you know what? He's like, if you're listening and you're not in Texas, uh, first of all, too bad for you. But also, you know, Ted Cruz is so popular among conservatives, and every time he comes and speaks anywhere, there's just – Great excitement. And, um, you know, he's just actually not just among conservatives in Texas. If you ask, I think across the country, you asked kind of leading conservatives, who do you trust in the United States Senate or even just in the leadership in Washington to hang with a conservative view? He'll be in anyone's top 10 list.
6: Well, he's certainly in my top, uh, you know, two or three list, which is why I agreed to work for him. And uh, there's there's not a lot of people that I would have. Change careers and uh, change directions completely at this point in my life to help, but he's one of them, and and I'm glad I made that decision. It's been a good decision.
1: Me too. Okay, so as probably everyone listening knows. Uh, in fact, I will tell you, if you're listening and you did not get a chance to watch the uh, debate last Friday between incumbent Senator Ted Cruz running for re-election and the Democrat, um, whose name is actually Robert Francis O'Rourke, but he goes by Beto, there is a link on our website americacanmetalk.org. You can go and click on the link and watch the whole debate. It was actually it was an hour long, I think. It raced by. But I want to start Okay, so I have a bunch of, click, um, part of our new system here is i 'm going to play these happy clips so we'll see how I do with that but I want to play one there was just to start with um there was a uh, clip that was um gotta find my right piece of paper yeah there was a clip where um the questioners there were two questioners and who kept trying to tell the um, audience that they had to uh, be quiet and not clap uh, that just they could not hardly stand it so they, they weren 't quiet and they did clap but Okay, I don't have my clips in front of me. Okay, let me just tell you, the the first one I wanted to play, I'm pretty sure, is okay, it's okay, thank you, my, my extremely wonderful board operator, Greg, is trying to help me here, but I, okay, so actually, hold on, I, what I wanted to start with was, I thought at several points in the debate, my kind of big impressions were, if you had never listened to either of them, I think you left it thinking... That Beto O'Rourke is really pretty much a socialist. I mean, he's further left than you might have thought by the ads and the way he speaks in public. You think that's fair?
6: Well, you know, given my background, I'm um, one of the few people that has actually been actively studying his voting records since he's been in Congress. And he's been in Congress since the same amount of time as Senator Cruz. And, you know, it, that what he's been saying on the campaign trail just does not match up with his voting record. He is just as liberal as Bernie Sanders and probably more progressive than Bernie Sanders.
1: Okay. That was one of my main ones. But now I did find my first clip. So this was the question, and I want to go to you because I know you know about it. There was a question about gun control. I'm going to to quick play the clip. This question goes to Representative O'Rourke. Representative, you believe in universal background checks and an assault weapons ban in a very gun-friendly state. A poll from Quinnipiac University shows that about half of Texans do support stronger gun laws, while 45% do oppose them. Is Texas ready for a senator who wants to roll back gun rights? Okay, before—I didn't want to play Beto's answer because he mealy-mouthed, but I want to ask you because, where you told me on the phone earlier, there's actually a bill that now Congressman O'Rourke, who wants to be Senator O'Rourke, sponsored— With respect to gun control. And so, and you were pretty familiar with what's in it. So just tell our listeners, is is he just, what's he all about in gun control? What was in that bill?
6: Well, sure. So H.R. 5087, it's essentially bans almost every single one of the most popular owned weapons in America, whether it's shotguns, rifles, or handguns. Just, I mean, I don't want to go into too much detail here, but the simplest way to think of it is. Aside from maybe bold actions and revolvers, you probably wouldn't be allowed to have it or to, to excuse me to buy one. Uh, you people who currently have them would be allowed to keep them. However, and this is a key point, if you buy parts to repair it, any in the bill it says any buy, uh, purchases of parts that could constitute an entire weapon is illegal. So if your firing pin went out and your current rifle that you fire quite a bit at the range or a firing pin and a handgun, or anything goes wrong in any of your current weapon systems, you wouldn't be able to replace them. And this is law, these are law-abiding citizens that currently own weapons lawfully. And that bill would ban just about everything.
1: Yeah, it's pretty I,
6: extreme. I, yeah. And, yet, and yet, he right. went up there and tried to suggest that he su- supports the Second Amendment. I don't know how you could support the Second Amendment. It's very clear to me that he has never read Federalist 46, Federalist 28, you know, on and on and on, uh, Federalist 29, Bakaria, Locke, Sydney. He doesn't know the can, first can thing about Can you give a
1: summary that. of the references you're making? So, I'm in. <laughs> so
6: Federalist 46, 28, 29. This is 29, my two well-informed they, guest. They, they all go into, you know, kind of what is the purpose of government and, 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 and the people and in, in acting as a check on the, the states and the federal governments. And then, you know, Sydney and Bakaria and Locke all talk about the natural right of self-defense and, they go, and that's kind of the predicate for what the founders came up for, for the right of uh, the Second Amendment right to, to keep and bear arms. It's very clear he's not Read any of those things because that anyone who signed that bill could not say that they are upholding the Second Amendment as envisioned by the founders and the influencers that they relied upon heavily to come up with that that amendment.
1: You know, especially in Texas, but really, I think across the country, um, there are many Second Amendment advocates, many gun owners. And I think when bad incidents happen, in fact, that's what they talked about next in this debate uh, was, was some of the uh, unfortunate and horrible incidents at schools that the easy answer is, well, let's just take your guns away. And, and people get a little bit friendly toward that idea, and especially when it's worded by somebody who's Sounding reasonable, sounding kind hearted, just want to protect. So, I was going to uh, play. Um, Ted Cruz had an answer. Um, oh, we're going to. This is just the shortest. Here's a problem on radio. I would like seven hours nonstop. I don't want commercials. I don't want breaks. But uh, I'm going to skip what Ted Cruz said, uh, skip playing it. But if you heard his remarks, he was essentially talking about even after the most recent and horrific school shooting. He and Governor Abbott went down to the to the the town, the city, and met in a hospital room with a kid who'd been shot. Twelve other kids in the room. Do you remember this at all? What he said? You want to summarize it because this clip is too long.
6: Well, well, I, mean,
1: I, I could in do the it.
6: time that we have. Go ahead, and then I'll, I'll add it to it. But yeah,
1: go. Ted Cruz just said even the day of the shooting, with the injured kid there, these these people were standing around, and they said to Governor Abbott and Senator Cruz. Taking away our guns isn't going to make us any safer. They said gun control is not the answer. And part of what Ted Cruz went off on is the answer is. Making our schools safer through permitting people who are either having police or or off-duty police officers, having people, adults, armed on the campus. And the key point here is that, uh,
6: you know, Senator Cruz immediately went into action, as did Senate Republicans, and they proposed legislation that would help beef up security in our schools, whether entry points, more armed security, a whole slew of things that would actually help prevent— People who are not should not have guns from getting them. And it was filibustered by the Democrats. And so, you know, the Republicans have tried to take action on this and they've been uh, at every step of the way blocked by Senate Democrats, whose only real goal is just to strip us of our Second Amendment rights. That's that's the end game. And if it's not that they're not interested in in having a dialogue, they're not interested in bipartisanship. They're not interested in reaching across the aisle to get things done. It's just so it's all rhetoric on their side. No action
1: it's definitely true and on the particular point about guns and that little hospital room. I mean Ted told the story well Ted Cruz where you could picture it. But these kids just went through the most horrific imaginable incident, but these are kids who've grown up in the country they've grown up around guns. There especially uh, kids in Texas, a lot of parents teach their kids how to handle firearms well. Even in that panic moment or that deeply upset moment, They did not say, yeah, let's, uh, you know, I think you better outlaw guns. And, you know, the the thing I always think of is, especially the kind of weapons you were describing that Beto was trying to outlaw in the bill he introduced, it's not like the criminals are going to follow that law. So then people who would like to use those kinds of weapons to defend are not able to do that because the, the weapons are now illegal. And I think we just lost our feed in Facebook Live. Sorry, folks, we'll fix it on the break. Anyway, that's what's the most astonishing thing is, that the people who are going to use the guns for bad things are still going to have them.
6: Exactly. If if the point is to keep people safe, this will not do that. What will help is increased security, increased hardening points, and making sure that people can protect themselves from criminals.
1: Absolutely. we come back, we're speaking, if you're tuned in, um, I'm going to fix Facebook Live, but we're speaking with a very good friend of mine, Wade Miller, who is the political director for the Senator Ted Cruz campaign. And I have a bunch of clips from, I can't decide if it's play the clips or talk to Wade because it's fun either way. But when we come back from the break, we're going to play some more clips because there's a lot at stake. And, And this debate is relevant for voters in every state because both sides really epitomize what their respective parties stand for. That's why it matters to every American. Debbie George S. Wade biller come right back
2: if you want to get at the issues that really matter for women and men go to iwf.org that's the independent women's forum That's IWF.org.
1: Let me tell you about the group Vice President Mike Pence called the most effective grassroots pro-life organization in America. It's the Susan B. Anthony list, and they're the ones who are on Capitol Hill right now, day in, day out, to fight back against Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry. Every day in our nation, abortion takes more than 2,000 innocent lives, almost two every single minute of every single day. And Planned Parenthood is the largest abortion business in the country, committing one-third of all abortions. It's an unspeakable tragedy and a stain upon our nation and our humanity. And it's up to us to do something about it. This is your opportunity to join the team that's leading the charge to end abortion go to sba-list.org or Google Susan B. Anthony List now to learn more and start saving lives today.
5: America is greatly blessed by the men and women serving in our military who are defending us every day, making our freedom possible. Military families also serve, and they face hardships while dads and moms are far from home. Military families endure frequent moves around the country and overseas, requiring them to adjust to new schools and make new friends over and over. They also face anguish while their soldiers deployed overseas, often in harm's way. The Army Scholarship Foundation offers one way to help military families, by providing academic scholarships to children and spouses of soldiers. And you can help. Visit Armyscholarshipfoundation.org and consider making a tax-deductible donation to help a military family member pursue his or her educational dream. Assisting military family members with their college education is a great way for all of us at home to say thank you to our military families for your service and sacrifice. Visit Armyscholarshipfoundation.org and get involved today.
0: Our nation faces a choice. The path of big government based out of Washington or the unique brand of liberty and prosperity enjoyed here in Texas. For 27 years, the Texas Public Policy Foundation has helped leaders in the Lone Star State prove that fiscal restraint and small government can deliver opportunity and prosperity for all. The Texas Public Policy Foundation promotes and defends solutions here and around the country Policy.com to learn more.
4: Can you hear us now? Can you hear us now?
1: And welcome back to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis and my friend and the political director for Senator Ted Cruz, Wade Miller's in studio. We have a bunch of clips. We were just, it's so funny, we were commenting on the break how the debate was so good. There's so many different points to hit, so can't hit them all. But I thought there was actually a really good discussion uh, that related to, um, this is uh, clip three. It related to what, uh, something that Beto O'Rourke said I thought was truly astonishing. Let me try uh, clip three here.
6: I mentioned just a minute ago, members of law enforcement are not sworn to serve and to protect only some people. They're sworn to protect and serve everyone in a given community.
1: OK, I just pulled that little clip out. They got talking about the national anthem and law enforcement and all that. What he is doing, you, you can say nicer things I'm about to say, what Beto is doing in there is a just absolute dog whistle accusation against broadly against the police officers in this country. And Ted did a beautiful job later. I think we're going to play this clip pointing out the danger of such rhetoric. But did you think that was as insulting? Is that, didn't that hit you wrong?
6: Absolutely. The inference is, is that there's a significant amount of law enforcement that are not trained to do that, which is just completely ridiculous. You know, these are moms and dads that go out every single night to protect our communities and they're absolutely trained and they believe, you know, deep down that their job is to protect everyone, regardless of who they are, because they are Americans, they're innocent civilians, and they deserve to be protected, and that's one of the functions of government.
1: And, you know, I thought uh, you know, Senator Cruz made a great point. I mean, Beto made that, did that several times, took shots. at. In fact, he said, yeah, my uncle was a deputy chief or something, deputy sheriff, and um, he ended up uh, uh, teaching me, and he told me, you know, he taught me the right thing, and we're supposed to be out there for everybody. As though you know, police officers wake up every day and think, well, "I'm only going to protect a certain number of people." I mean, the the tiny portion in the grand scheme of all the interactions officers have, that and, and there are a tiny portion where there are problems that we investigate and we sometimes we prosecute. But to to talk about officers that way, that is just I I, I just think that is astonishing and divisive. I thought Ted Cruz handled it well, pointing out, "Yeah, talk like that is how we end up getting five Dallas officers shot." Let's see if I had that clip. I don't know if I do okay actually I do I mean this is clip four Um,
7: African-Americans is a problem
9: and if so how would you fix it I believe everyone's rights should be protected regardless of your race regardless of your ethnicity but I'll tell you something I've been to too many police funerals I was here in Dallas when five police officers were gunned down because of irresponsible and hateful rhetoric I was at the funeral in Houston at Second Baptist Church where Deputy Goforth had been shot in the back of the head at a service station because of irresponsible and hateful rhetoric. Just now, Congressman O'Rourke repeated things he knows aren't true. He stated, for example, white police officers are shooting unarmed African-American children. The Washington Post fact-checked that claim and conclude Congressman O'Rourke was wrong. But I'll tell you something, that rhetoric does damage. Senator. That rhetoric divides us on race. It inflames hatred. We should be bringing people together instead of okay. suggesting the police are risking their lives to protect all of us, to protect African Americans, to protect time. Hispanics, Pressure. and turning people against the police, Senator. I Please. think is Pressure. profoundly irresponsible.
1: Okay, it's stellar answer. Anything to add to that?
6: Well, that, that right there in a nutshell is why I work for... For the Senator, because I know that deep down he believes that every person deserves to have their inherent dignity respected, they deserve justice, they deserve their natural rights to be protected, and that he will go out there and fight every day to achieve that goal. Regardless of whether you agree with him on policy, he will fight. And and by the way, this is the mindset that the vast, vast majority of our law enforcement officers have. They go out there every single night to serve and protect and to, to cast judgment on the entire law enforcement community. And to, and to talk in such ways because of an extreme minority, yeah, we should go find those people who are not doing it the right way. But when you accuse hardworking moms and dads who are trying to protect our community of, of being Jim Crow, that is offensive.
1: Oh, yeah, that was one. Yeah, I couldn't get all the clips in, but, and there was, uh, if you are not not familiar with this, in some remarks fairly recently, the um, candidate O'Rourke uh, made essentially compared america's police officers to the jim crow laws and honestly you know this is i was going to say i don't think in most of america that would play well but in texas where we just i I just think it's astonishing he thinks things like that play i mean it's just a Well,
6: well texans have a fundamental belief that our law enforcement officers are out there to protect us and, and, and on, on you know and, and, and as a kind of a segue here, for all the rhetoric we hear from Beto Rourke about you know traveling all over the place and listening, he doesn't seem <laughs> to be listening. He's not listening to Texans on the Second Amendment. He's not listening to Texans on religious liberty. He's not listening to Texans on economic growth and taxes taxes. I, I mean on almost every single major issue, he does not seem to be listening. We could go to border security we could, we could go on and on and on. He's not listening. He's driving around taking photos, but he's not listening to the people of the state and he does not reflect their values.
1: Absolutely. Um, I want to turn to the um to the entire discussion I had about the national anthem and Beto had praised the the players. He said it's just as respe- it's just as American to take a knee for the NFL players to take a knee versus to stand. But I just get one little shot back shot back in about just the mindset of Beto O'Rourke. He referred to the tax cut. Pre- uh, you know, President Trump's big tax bill that Senator Cruz backed, the tax cut as a massive giveaway okay that statement is a massive giveaway because it's only a giveaway if your starting point is assuming the government owns everything so weren't they nice to give you more of your some money back versus it was always the money that belonged to the businesses if you cut taxes you're just letting them keep more of their own money
6: and individual families
1: yes Families, businesses, the tax cuts were huge, and and Senator Cruz did a fabulous job with that, just pointing out.
6: And we see it; we're up north of three, four percent growth, and that is something that in 2017 every single liberal economist said was just impossible, asinine. As- 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 they just said that would never happen, and yet here we are; it's happening. It's amazing how our principles work when they just <laughs> were able to actually do them.
1: Absolutely true. Okay, on the national anthem, you made a, made a great point. I don't know several times we've talked about how. You know, first of all, no one is saying that the players do not have a constitutional right to um, to kneel. No one's going to arrest them. The government isn't prosecuting them. But what they are, what appears to be occurring, what was happening, is they're expressing a constitutional right, and they're mad because people are. Complaining about. So they're saying we can have a right to speak, but anyone who criticizes us doesn't have that right.
6: Sure. And, you know, the, the hypocrisy here is that uh, at the end of the day, you know, they're doing exactly that. They're trying to silence our speech against them. And, and, and again, and as I've said to you many times, just because you have a right to do something doesn't mean that you necessarily should do it. And this is a great example. So let's think about what are the main symbols of our country the, the flag, the anthem, the Pledge of Allegiance. And as we're creating citizens out of children, the, the predicate here is that those children need to fundamentally believe that the United States is a good thing, and their entry to that process of becoming a citizen is to look at those symbols, the flag, the anthem, the Pledge of Allegiance, etc., as fundamentally a good thing, that those things stand for justice. And so what are they going to learn when their football heroes or their celebrity people that they watch on TV— are acting as if those things are bad and that we need yeah. to protest against them. When those kids get older and they can start le- reading the Federalist Papers and all of the documents that kind of inform what being a citizen is and, you know, the the, the, uh, the Gettysburg Address and on and on and on, they're starting then from a point that this is a bad country. And so we shouldn't be teaching kids to protest against the anthem if they believe that there is injustice There's so many ways that we can do this. And by the way, there's a lot of these arguments that we might find common ground on, if not for the fact that they're using the symbols of liberty as a punching bag in that process. Pick another pick another way to do this. And we might find common ground. But all they're doing is dividing society. And it's, by the way, a terrible grassroots strategy. If I wanted to win this argument and I was on their side, I would say, let's not pick this because we're going to be effectively pushing half the country away from us. And half of those people might support us otherwise.
1: Absolutely true. And, you know, it's interesting. I, we've been on this topic many times in this show, but the even Senator Cruz said it in this debate. You know, I support when, when if something is wrong, then, then you f- make a protest directed at what is wrong. And I would support that. I think there's just a—I um, uh, I think that the NFL players are getting egged on. They're getting encouraged. And I, I love your point about the it's the— you know, young boys, especially, but young kids watching the NFL and thinking, wow, this is so cool. And and then they see that they, they idolize these players and they see them doing this. They think, well, you know, it must be something really, really bad about the um, flag in America, because otherwise it, they wouldn't be behaving.
6: And these same politicians who take an oath to support and defend the Constitution on the left are actively championing a movement that is protesting against the United States. And look, I can't speak to everyone's individual feelings on this and what they they think they're protesting. But Kaepernick absolutely was protesting against the United States. He said it. He said it. out. It's on the record. He said it. He wore cops that had pigs with uh, uh, socks with uh, that had pigs on them with cop hats. And he's a huge fan of Fidel Castro and he's defended the Cuban regime. I mean, he is a Marxist. And so to say that this isn't about being anti-American for a lot of people, it absolutely is.
1: It absolutely is. You know, there were so many things that were discussed in the debate. I would just tell listeners especially, if you didn't watch it, go to our website, org, and watch the whole debate. Because you really, you just were left with the overwhelming impression that Beto is, he, you know, I'll tell you what my picture of him is. He's friendly looking, and people think he's cool looking. But he's really a radical leftist. I mean, many, many instances where he truly wants to completely take over the health care system. He wants socialized medicine.
6: And you don't have to take our word for it. You can go look at his voting record where he's voted to force Catholic hospitals to have to perform abortion services. I mean, it's on and on and on every issue. He is to the extreme far left.
1: He is. I just think even the advocacy for having a Medicare style health care, which is government controlled health care, all by itself, you can't say you're a free market person and I want socialized medicine. His head is there, he's very antagonistic to enforcing the border, to ICE. I mean, you just, you, you don't get to go both both ways and I think that he's, I think he dupes a certain number of citizens by his kinda cool looks and you know, his whole um, demeanor and hey, we're all in this, together. that's kind of a good parting uh, shot or parting point I wanted to make, we only have like a minute, but several times in the debate, Beto would say, you know, I'll work with anyone, you know, I'm a Democrat, Republican, I don't really care, I'll work with anyone. And I'm gonna tell you my translation, what he means is, and then you can have 10 seconds to say yours, what he means, or 20 seconds, what he means is, As long as I can arm twist Republicans to follow on to the left wing agenda I want, I'm fine with working with them. He does not mean in any way compromising, discussing, finding common ground. He means I'll force my left wing agenda on you and you can join me if you want.
6: Yes, I agree with everyone. Except for those people who disagree with me is what he's saying. And so and his voting record absolutely uh, uh, sustains that. And and again, uh, you know, if, if anyone wants to help us win this election, you can go to TedCruz.org. That's TedCruz.org. You can donate. You can get yard signs. You can uh, sign up to volunteer. We need all the help we can get to make sure that every single ballot, uh, Republic on the ballot, stays red.
1: There you go, folks. Debbie, George Ass, Wade Miller, thank you so much for coming in. And come right back after our break.